welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you with us. I know that it's uh, been a week or so since we last talked. Last week was one of those weeks where there was a lot going on in Green Bay and in Platteville. And I just wanted to come back around. And I hope you got a chance to listen to some of it on 97.3 The Game or throughout the entire state of Wisconsin or worldwide on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I was in with Mike Heller for much of the week. I was in Green Bay for much of the week. I spent Friday in Platteville uh, watching the Wisconsin Badgers. So it is football season. Things get a little crazy during football season, but it's the best time of the year if you are in Wisconsin as the the leaves begin to change. You get a little crispness in the air, and Saturdays and Sundays are filled with uh, Badgers football on Saturday, Packers football on Sunday, and of course we'll have it all for you uh, again on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee or on WIBA in Madison. I'm the uh, new morning sports anchor at WIBA in Madison as well, so I'm kind of splitting my time between the two markets, and uh, that keeps me busy as well. But wanted to come on today because I, I'm I'm wondering what exactly is is going on and has been going on with my chosen profession. And this isn't about me at all, but just some of the trends that have been going on in broadcasting, specifically sportscasting for a long time. I've got a couple of sound bites that I want you to listen to, and one is almost more ridiculous than the next. And we start with one that I think is pretty stupid. And this is from CBS Sports Network, and this is from Time to Shine with Adam Shine. And, you know, I know that we live in a clickbait, hot take society. I get that. I know what Stephen A. Smith makes for some of his ill-founded opinions. Uh, I know what Skip Bayless makes for all of his ill-founded opinions, and it's just clickbait. The thing about Skip Bayless is he knows what he's saying is ridiculous and has always been ridiculous. Colin Cowherd does a lot of the same stuff as well because they opine on things that they really don't have any idea about, but... They come off as credible because they talk very forcefully about what they know. Well, they're not here, and they don't know it. I've always tried to deal in the reality, right? And that's not always sunshine and balloons. That's not always going to be what Packers fans or Brewers fans or Bucks fans necessarily want to hear. I mean, we have the the talk and text line if you listen to us. On 97.3 The Game, we have the talk and text line where listeners can have their unfiltered opinions sent right to us on a computer screen right in front of us. Um, as my friend Steve Zabin, who's our morning man from 6 until 9 on the game, as he likes to say, it is not a support group by any stretch of the imagination for anybody who is on the air. So I get accused a lot of being a Debbie Downer. And I fine, if that's... if. if I'm realistic in my mind, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to cheerlead. I'm going to tell you how, exactly how I how I feel about something. And I think that, at least for me, I can sleep at night. I don't have the same bank account as a Colin Cowherd or a Skip Bayless. I don't, you know, run in their circles. But I can sleep at night knowing that when I do come on the air, when I do talk into this microphone, when I am on this podcast or any other podcast, I feel like I've given you at least my real thoughts. Um, For example, do I think that the Brewers are going to win the World Series this year? No, I don't. I don't think they're good enough. I think the Dodgers are better 
I know the Braves are better, and the Cubs have been playing really good baseball as of late. I don't think the Reds are better, but they've got some really exciting young pieces that have been playing really good baseball and have been playing everything that is antithetical of what we've known about the Cincinnati Reds for a long time. But the Cubs are playing good baseball. The Brewers are okay, but sometimes their bats go silent. I'm hopeful for Brandon Woodruff, but... He's had one good start. Now he's got to do it again. Now he's got to start, as Mike McCarthy would say, he's got to start stacking some successes. Um, How do I think the Packers are going to do this year? This is what I have said consistently all along. I think the Packers are going to struggle, especially early offensively this year. The defense is going to have to carry this team. The defense is much more experienced than the offense. That's not a nuanced take. That's just math. Just look at the roster. You've got at the tight end position, two rookies that are your top two tight ends. I don't know that Josiah DeGuar is going to make this team. He might, but he's not going to be counted on if he does make this team to do a whole lot. Uh, you, you've got Musgrave and Kraft. Musgrave is going to be your downfield tight end threat. Kraft is more of a blocker, but they're both rookies. You look at their top three wide receivers. I think Christian Watson eventually is going to have an incredible career. This might be his breakout year. I don't know, but I'd be skeptical that this is going to be his breakout year because he's got a first-year starting quarterback in Jordan Love throwing to him. But your other two wide receivers, your slot is going to, in all odds, in all likelihood, going to be Jaden Reed. He's got an enormous amount of talent, but he's also a rookie. And then you've got Romeo Dobbs on the other side. And Romeo Dobbs is a second-year player. So this is your skill position player set for the Packers offense. you got a first-year starting quarterback who's taking over for a Hall of Famer who took over for another Hall of Famer. So that bar is set pretty high. You've got an all-pro caliber running back in Aaron Jones, and we're still trying to figure out, I think, exactly what we've got in A.J. Dillon. The offensive line, I think, is going to be very good this year. But I do think that the Packers' offense is going to struggle, and I don't think that that is some sort of crazy take. I don't think they're going to win one game this year, but I also don't think they're going to win 10. I have them pegged at about five or six wins this year. And if you can start to see some progress later on in the season, the second half of the year, if the young receivers start to develop, if the tight ends start to develop, if Jordan Love starts to develop, and you can build on something for 2024, that's what your goal is in my mind. To me, that's what a successful season is going to look like. So I wanted to bring a couple of sound bites to you here on the show. This first one is from Adam Shine from CBS Sports Radio. And I thought that, uh, well, I'm just going to let it speak for itself. How about in the NFC? The Green Bay Packers offense is going to be fine with Jordan Love. Love. I loathe love. Despise love. I mean, everyone looks great during preseason practices, except apparently for Jordan Love who, by his own admission, has struggled. And you have players on defense calling out the offense. And just take a look at these notes, according to Matt Schneidman, from his piece in The Athletic. I mean, this is a flat-out debacle. It's also predictable, because Jordan Love can't play football. Simple as that. You have Rasul Douglas. He's talking all sorts of smack to Aaron Jones, saying, you guys bleeping stink. Jones is livid. And then acknowledges the offense is terrible. Defensive players are calling out the offense. Jordan Love can't do a damn thing. Last night must have been hell 
for the fans of the Green Bay Packers who have to see Aaron Rodgers on the Jets sideline. Oh, by the way, big dog Mercedes Lewis just signed with the Chicago Bears. This is going to be a predictable disaster with Jordan Love in Green Bay. Adam Shine doesn't know shit about the Green Bay Packers. He just exposed himself as someone who knows absolutely nothing of what he is talking to his national television audience about. He takes a couple of cherry-picked items and then draws this conclusion that Jordan Love can't do anything. Jordan Love hasn't taken a snap as the the starting quarterback, the full-time starting quarterback, since he was at Utah State. That's fact, without a doubt. But Adam Shine doesn't know anything about Packers fans. He doesn't know anything about how this team is structured. He doesn't know anything about anything because there is nuance here. If he didn't understand that there wasn't nuance here, he would understand that, yes, when he recorded this, the Packers have participated and practiced at full speed six times in training camp and that the offense has won exactly once. But why is that, Adam Shine? It's because the defense is leagues ahead of the offense right now. But we knew that. That's not a disaster. We could have predicted that. We knew that coming into training camp. That the Packers' defense, which was supposed to be much better than it was, especially early on in the first half of the season last year. They turned it on in the second half. But they were underachieving in the first half of the season before they started to get it together a little bit. But when you bring back all of the veterans that the Packers have brought back on defense, yeah, they're going to win those competitive periods when you're going up against a bunch of rookies, a bunch of guys that were in college last year or the year before. What did you think was going to happen? No nuance whatsoever in the competition periods. So, yes, we've seen the push-ups. We've seen the up-downs. We've seen the offense losing five of these six periods. But it's okay. Because we knew it was going to happen. I would have been shocked if it didn't happen five out of six times. If the offense would have beaten the defense in, say, half of these, I would be really concerned about the defense right now. You moron. The other thing that you don't understand is that Packers fans were ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Does it kill Packers fans to see Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform? Uh, No, doesn't. Jordan Love as opposed to Aaron Rodgers when he took over for a Hall of Fame quarterback, Brett Favre, in 2008, Aaron Rodgers would be booed on family night or at training camp. On Well, at that point, it was Clark Hinkle Field, the Oneida Street side of, uh, of training camp, and they practiced there for training camp. Jordan Love got the biggest cheer coming out of the tunnel on family night. I know, I was there. You saw that red number 10, and it's like, all right, he's our guy. Because Aaron Rodgers rubbed Packers fans the wrong way for years. Aaron Rodgers, if he walked into the stadium right now, not wearing a Jets uniform, not even on a, I don't know, necessarily a game day, not wearing any Packers garb, if he just walked out in like an Adidas t-shirt and jeans, and it was, and there were 70,000 fans in the stands, he might get booed. Packers fans were sick of his nonsense. 
They were sick of Favre's nonsense. They came around. I suspect at some point they will with Aaron Rodgers as well. He's a great quarterback. One of the best to ever do it. 15 years as a starter, 18 years with the Packers. I'm not going to diminish any of that. It was an incredible run. He's an incredible talent. I think still an incredible talent. He's won four MVPs. There's only one guy, Peyton Manning, who's won more. But if that's the bar that Adam Shine is setting... For Jordan Love, oh, I can't do anything. Jordan Love can't play football. I despise Jordan Love. you. Do a little research before you shoot your mouth off about things you have no idea about. There's no nuance to this hot take clickbait at all. And you're just showing that you don't know what in the absolute hell you're talking about. Kyle Brandt is on Good Morning Football, and he had a take about the Packers as well. I wanted to bring you that, too. Week one at Soldier Field. You go in there, and you do what Packer quarterbacks do. You go and you own that stadium, and you win, and you destroy that stadium. They've been doing that since I've been in seventh grade. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre are 24-6 and at Soldier Field. At Soldier Field. That includes a win in the NFC title game. That includes all three times that Jordan Love has watched from the Soldier Field bench. When Brett Favre was inducted in the Hall of Fame, the first clip they showed of him was throwing a touchdown at Soldier Field. When Rodgers goes in the Hall of Fame, the first clip they will show is throwing a touchdown at Soldier Field. You own that place. You own that place for three decades. You cannot start game one, quarter one, drive one of the Jordan Love era and lose in the Chicago Bears' own house of horrors, which is their own stadium against the Packers. This is the brand for the Packers. It is, unfortunately, the the brand for the Bears. You lose at home to the Packers, to those two guys, to those two absolute maniacs. Don't, don't, don't show up and lose week one and throw two picks and the Bears have turned the page and there's a new generation and Justin Fields looks better than you and he's going to put it, keep it going, keep it going. I remember when I was, my, my dad, Bob, huge Bears fan Bob his Ray. whole life, during the Favre era, after just another annihilation of Brett Favre over mm-hmm. the Bears, he would always call me and be like, you know what, we're just never going to beat this guy. We got to get Favre out of here and then we can finally beat the <laughs> yeah. Packers. Rodgers comes in, he's even better. (laughs) This is like, we got Rodgers out of there now. Don't let it be uh, uh, the third installation of this series where Jordan Love now does the same thing. Week one, if Jordan Love wins that game in Soldier Field, it is a living nightmare for everyone in the Chicago area. It's massive. They have to win it. Jordan Love can't lose it. You know, Aaron Rodgers lost his first start at Soldier Field, right? Just saying. And he was taking over for a guy in Brett Favre who owned Soldier Field. He was taking over for a guy who owned the Chicago Bears. Oh, by the way, Brett Favre lost his first start against the Bears, too. Week one doesn't mean anything. What are we doing? Kyle Brandt's a pretty smart guy, okay? I like Kyle Brandt. You know, I remember when he was, believe it or not, on the real world on MTV way back in the day. I don't know why I still remember that. Maybe it's because it was set in Chicago the year or one of the years that I was living in Chicago at the time. I don't know. But I think Kyle Brandt's a pretty smart guy. It's a really stupid thing to say if he really means it. Oh, you can't lose week one. Can't can't lose your first start against the Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, Aaron did. December 22nd, 2008. Packers lost at Soldier Field. Aaron Rodgers' uh, first start there. That was a clip from Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. I mean, like I said, I like Kyle, but I thought that was a pretty stupid take. 
I understand what he's saying that, you know, it's going to piss off everybody in Chicago if Jordan Love comes in and beats the Bears in week one. Well, the Bears aren't very good. They're still trying to figure out if Justin Fields is an NFL quarterback. I still have my doubts. Um, at the end of the day, the Bears are going to bear. But this is going to be a down year for the Packers. It just is. I think that they're going to have many more good years after this. I do think that Jordan Love can play in the NFL, but he has to do it. He, I mean, there were a lot of close losses in Aaron Rodgers' first season as a starter when they were 6-10. and 10. They're still 6-10. and 10. Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, they were four games under five hundred, And it turned around, and he became a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen to Jordan Love. The odds certainly are stacked against him. The odds are stacked against anybody entering the league and becoming a Hall of Famer automatically but then when you're following two guys who were hall of famers i mean the the odds of that happening are infinitesimal but they're not impossible because we said the same thing about aaron Rodgers. oh he's following a legend how's he gonna do it it's not impossible again do i think that jordan love is going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time i don't but i think he's got everything that the packers were looking for in somebody to take over for Aaron Rodgers at the time that they thought that he was going to wind up taking over for Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, the relationship between Rodgers and the organization had soured by 2020 when Jordan Love was drafted. But then Aaron Rodgers goes out and has two back-to-back MVP seasons. Last year, I think he could have had a much better season if he hadn't broken his thumb against the Giants in London on October 9th, but we'll never know. I think a lot of people forget that when they just look at his numbers and the fact that he had a down season. Yeah, but he started every game. Yeah, I know, but he also had a busted thumb for eight weeks. So, again, hot take, clickbait, maybe. But, yeah, explain to me how Aaron Rodgers, if you can't lose your first game at Soldier Field, explain to me how Aaron Rodgers did it. All right, one final clip. And this is a clip. That got Kevin Brown, who is either the play-by-play announcer or the pregame host for the Baltimore Orioles. This got him suspended. If you can explain to me why this would get him suspended, uh, please explain it to me. Because I'll tell you why he got suspended, but I had to listen to this five times before... I understood exactly what was going on here. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017. The last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the Trop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two and the Orioles, once again, are back alone in first place. Got suspended for that. If you're listening to the show and you just listen to that soundbite, you're like, well, Doug, how could he possibly be suspended for that? Was he going to throw in an off-color joke? Was there a slip of the tongue? Was there some sort of racial epithet that was th- No, none, none of that. 
Kevin Brown was suspended for pointing out how bad the Orioles have been. Now, the Orioles have had a fantastic year this year. It's been rare, though, that Baltimore has kind of been a team that you're talking about this late in the season. The Orioles have sucked most of the last 25 years. They've been a laughingstock, an embarrassment, a proud franchise, especially, I mean, they had some great teams in the 70s and early 80s, um, some great Hall of Famers from Brooks Robinson to Cal Ripken, a lot of history with this franchise, but they've been a laughingstock. Bad personnel decisions, bad trades, uh, just a, a lack of good ownership. I mean, at the end of the day, teams, I mean, we talked about the Chicago Bears a couple minutes ago. It's been bad ownership. The Cincinnati Bengals, for most of their existence, now they've had a come up lately, they've had a glow up, but most of their existence, they've been terrible because of bad ownership. Cleveland Browns have been bad because of bad ownership. The Washington now commanders, they've just flushed their bad owner in Daniel Snyder. He's not there anymore, but they were one of the worst teams in the NFL for the last 30 years because of bad ownership. You have bad ownership, you're not going to win very many games. You're certainly not going to win any championships, and that's where the Baltimore Orioles were under Peter Angelos, who's still there. But pointing out how bad the team has been, that's going to get your announcer suspended? That's Bush League stuff, man. That's awful. That's terrible. That's thin-skinned ninnyism. That's being so afraid of your own earned past that you're going to shelve a guy. And by the way, it wasn't just him. This was a graphic that they put up. The graphic that went along with this that Kevin Brown is talking under, he didn't put it together. Last 16 series between the Tampa Bay Rays, one of the great franchises in the American League over the last 15 years, a team that with minuscule payroll has done everything right, maybe they're the model franchise in all of small market sports. Been to a couple of World Series. They're always right there. They started off this season so hot before Baltimore came up and, and you know did what they've been able to do since, I guess, what, about mid-May, early June. But yeah, last 15 series, Orioles against the Rays, 0-15-1. The last series win was 2017. Between 2020 and 2022, three total wins in 21 games. Yeah, you know why? Because you sucked. You should be celebrating. If you're the Orioles, you should be celebrating the fact that you're good for the first time in forever, as opposed to punishing the announcer. I don't know if anybody else was punished. I don't think anybody else was punished. I don't know if the producer who put this graphic together was punished. But you're you're punishing people for pointing out the fact that you're good now, basically. It's just so stupid. I don't understand what has gone on in this profession for a long time, and those are three examples. Clickbait, uninformed, eh, maybe I should have thought about this before I said it, and then, no, you're pointing out how bad we are or how bad we were, we're going to suspend you indefinitely for that. Kevin Brown was just doing his job, so 
Hopefully he gets it back soon because I think he's a fine young broadcaster from from everything that I've seen. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Uh, Next week I am in Green Bay on Wednesday and Thursday for Packers practice. Uh, We'll have some thoughts uh, from Green Bay. I think, again, this is going to be a team that is going to be a work in progress this year. But if you're looking for a team in Wisconsin to root for, I spent Friday, last Friday in Platteville with the Badgers. That's going to be a fun team to watch this year, especially on offense when you've got the ball just flying all over the field. Phil Longo, Tanner Mordecai, what these guys are drawing up. It's going to be fun. C.J. Williams is the best receiver that maybe the Badgers have ever had, and they've had some pretty good ones. And that's going to alleviate some of the pressure off of Braylon Allen. You're not going to stack eight in the box anymore to try to stop number zero. It's going to be a fun year. Badgers are going to put up a lot of points this year, and it's going to be fun to watch. The Packers, eh, they might struggle a little bit. But I'm not going to go as far as to say, is Jordan Love can't play like Adam Shine said, because that was a really dumb thing to do. Really dumb thing to say and just kind of, showing ignorance, and just showing a lack of knowledge of what the hell you're talking about. Anyway, that's it for the show. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Doug Russell Podcast.